Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wayne County Chambers podcast for the record. We want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Sport Durst of Goldsboro, Goldsboro Builder Supply, and Professional Data Management. The Sport Durst team is ready to get you into a beautiful new Volkswagen, offering open and honest pricing on every vehicle and service. Sport Durst of Goldsboro understands the value of your time and dollars. Providing quality building materials since 1953, Goldsboro Builder Supply is your premier destination for custom designs and excellent service to builders and contractors in Wayne County and surrounding areas. Professional data management offers specialized service and technologies designed to help you gain maximum reimbursements for the valuable services that your office provides. Another huge thank you to our in-kind sponsors, Daniels Furniture, University Lights of Goldsboro, and Johnson Carpet One, who together worked hard to make our beautiful podcast set what you see today. And for the record, we're glad you're here. Hey. Andrea, thank you so much for being here. You are uh, a very special Wayne County uh, citizen, I think. Thank you. I think very that's fair, much. right? Thank you. You're I'm a rock so star. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so very happy to be here. For the record, podcast. What do you think? It's pretty. It's I pretty. Am loving this. It's pretty swank, right? The setup, office, the people, yeah. such good energy. Yeah. So University Lights, they hooked us up with a oh, light. Really? Of course. Yep. Johnson Carpet One hooked us up with. The flooring. beautiful floors, yeah. And Daniel's Furniture donated some furniture. I mean, and this is very comfortable, isn't it? Like and you, I love you that. actually, there's a there's a uh, what you call that recliner. I can recline. Oh, yes. that's good to know. <laughs> Your feet, my feet would hang off. Your feet would not. But, yes, no. You know what I, mean? I know. I'm trying to like reach this table to make sure that I can here, put my I, feet down. I would move it in, but I'm scared. I'm, like <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm so scared. <laughs> I know the whole equipment. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. We do appreciate it, and. um just want to learn more about you. I think uh, there's a lot that people wouldn't know. And uh, so I just want to dig into that. Can we do that? Absolutely. So if you can, just tell us who you are, name, who you represent, like where you work, that sort of thing. Tell us about your family, some of your background. Sure. So let's start with my name. Okay. I, I think that's important because people call me Andrea, 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 and all the different variations of it. Um, but my actual name, being from Ecuador, is Andrea. Andrea Freyle. And uh, I can't and roll my R's. <laughs> Andrea, you don't really need could to. Could you say, I'm sorry, could you just say your name again? <laughs> Let's try this. For the world. Andrea. Oh. You can do it, Scott. Oh, no, I just like, I like <laughs> listening to you <laughs> do it. Say, right, yes, saying it. Yes. And the last name's Freyle. Okay. And I think that's how most people in Wayne County know me now as Freyle because I taught at Wayne for, Wayne Community for a while and my students just called me Freyle. Okay. And so it kind of stuck. Okay. Um. But I'm from Quito, Ecuador. Quito is the capital of Ecuador, um, my home where I was born and raised, and I miss it every single day of my life. I've been here for over 20 years now, but there's not a day where I don't mm. feel like I miss that part of me. So um, my mom and dad, they live here in the United States, as well as my sister Lorena. She also lives here, and my sister lives here in Goldsboro as well. Okay, cool. So um, that's a little bit about my family, my family, my background. Yeah. Because name. yeah, <laughs> names matter. Yeah, you've got a daughter. Yes. So my Bella, um, she's at ECU and she hopes to be a city planner. She wants to come back to Goldsboro, actually. And I have a son, Jack. He is nine years old. He goes to St. Mary's. And um, and I'm married to Shane Ogburn. Shane Ogburn. Very cool. And what is Shane? Shane's doing. What's he doing now? Real estate. Real estate. Yes. And he is working with Rob Phillips with a firm. 
Okay, very cool. So shout out to Rob. Yes, shout out to Rob and Shane. You know where you guys are. And Bella and Jack. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Bella's very happy I'm here. She's already called me to see how things are going. So we need to take her. We need to take a selfie and send it to her later. Okay, very good. I'm happy to do that. So you're you're from Ecuador. You say you've been here about 20 years. Um, Before we talk about your job, can we just talk about what? Let's talk about some of the differences. Like, I mean, what did you eat there versus what do you eat? Like little (laughs) things. Like I I would imagine there's there's some things that you miss and they're different. So what are those? Some of those things. I do. I miss the food. I also miss how we eat, honestly, because so breakfast is important to us. Oh, so breakfast is very important. I I just can't imagine how people miss breakfast here, but they do, and I don't understand that. (laughs) But Uh but, um, what's really cool is around lunchtime we do gather back at home. So we're able to go back home and, and have a nice bigger three meal, uh, three course meal usually. Um, and during that time, you can relax and connect with the family. We don't have dinner the way you do here. We do have a cafecito. So you could have a, maybe like a little sandwich and coffee at the end of the day to wrap up your day. But it's, it, and that alone, just that alone is very different um, because we do see those times to be with family, like the cafecito as gathering times, uh, times for conversation, times where things slow down a little bit. And, um, and that's probably one of the biggest differences is that here, there's no slowing down, right? There's hardly any slowing down. So people are always on the go before work, during work, and even after work. And so I miss that moment of just this type of dialogue, having a coffee or a tea and just being mm-hmm. present. I try to create those moments. Sure. But with everyone having different schedules and not everybody sharing that cultural aspect of where I came from, I miss that very much. So when I go to Ecuador, it's those moments that I enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. It's got to feel probably like a vacation at this point. It does, yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's been way over 20 years now, closer to 30 actually, that I think about it now. Yeah. But um, but every time, like at the beginning, it, it felt like home. And then eventually it did feel more like a vacation because I have started to adapt to some of the things that we do here. Like, right. So it does make me feel a little different now when I go there. Well, as a, as a big fella, let's talk about food. <laughs> you, you tell me something in Ecuador that you loved. So my favorite, um, my favorite things are the little, like local things such as empanadas. Mm. And our empanadas are a little different. Um, empanadas de morocho, empanadas de queso, um, because they really are from our region. We don't, I can't even, we don't even have morocho here, so I can't even make it for you to, for you to try it. Oh. Um, but they're just the little things that you can have with coffee, because again, that time of day is my favorite time of day. So we would have the empanadas and the cafecito, and we would, you know, just enjoy them while we talk. Um, it's very different than Mexican food. And I think that, uh, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm at the grocery store and people will ask me a question about food because they assume, because I'm Latina, that I know exactly like recipes from Mexico. But it's actually very different than Mexican food, than true Mexican food. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of spices. We do use garlic, mm-hmm. um, but not a lot of spices. But um, so my favorite meals are like that. Um, Betty Lamar. Um, has yeah. a place here in town and Lamar's, she's from yeah. Ecuador, mm-hmm. Lamar's Cafe. Shout out Lamar's. Shout out to Lamar's. And mm-hmm. Betty sells our coffee. Mm-hmm. So you can go have a cafecito there from Ecuador. Yeah. And she will have empanadas, not the morocho, but she'll have empanadas de queso. So that's something we can do sometimes. So that we can empanadas. enjoy that moment. Have you? Oh, yeah. There you go. So there's yeah. a little bit of Ecuador that she that she has in her uh, in her beautiful little her repertoire. Yeah. Yes. It's a nice little spot. 
So, all right. So you, you, what brought you here? I mean, you came at, uh, how old, cause how old were you when you? So I was about 16 when I first came and I first came by choice. I actually just came for like a, for a year of studying in another country, uh, getting more familiar with the English language. Uh, in Ecuador, most of us, um, I want to say all of us have to learn a second language. Uh, so we learn a second and third language usually. Um, but, um, after I was here for a while, both of my parents decided to come to the United States as well. So that was an unexpected move for me. I thought I was only going to be here for a year. And then my parents decided to come and follow along uh, and they came with my sister. So, um, so we've been here ever since. So I did my high school year in the U.S. and then all of my college career here in the U.S. All right, so the so rest of my life was career in, in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's, um, you, you finish college. Right? Yes. You're here, you finish college, your parents are here. And it's time to start working, I guess. Yes. Take us through. So um, my career has been, I've been so blessed. My first job was actually here in Goldsboro. It was a Wayne County Public Schools. I taught French. You taught French? <laughs> yes. Serge. <laughs> that's not, uh, that's not, they say that's my French name. <laughs> that's, that's, that's your French name. That's what they said. That's what my French teacher told me. I had, in high school, I took a French one, just one class of French. You did French one. And that's so they gave me it. Serge was my French name. I told somebody from France that they said, no, your French name is Scott. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that's no but, fun. Yeah, but I taught French. That was my first job out of, uh, right out of college. And then um, I met an awesome uh, man. His name is Stan Allen. He, he used to work here in the community who, who's in one of his interviews asked me, well, what do you really want to do? And I was like, well, I'm a communications major. And that's really what I want to do. And that's... Uh, that's how it all started. I was able to get an interview with a partnership for children. Um, it was brand new back then. Mm-hmm. It was a brand new organization. So my first job in communications was with the partnership for children. Um, eventually, I moved to Maryland uh, where I worked for the Naval Air Systems Command or better known as NAVAIR. It's the civilian side of the Navy. Also working in communications and recruitment um, and then after, um, hold on, let's just stay with, <laughs> let's stay with the, what was that? The Naval Air Systems in the something? The Naval Air Systems Command. Oh, wow. That sounds official. It is official. Um, I, I explain it best as saying it's a command of the Navy, but it's the civilian part of the Navy. So under my umbrella, we recruited uh, scientists and engineers from different parts of the country or um, Puerto Rico as well. So... Our job was to bring these uh, these journey level people to uh, to Pax River base to continue to um, enhance what was being created to support the Navy. So the workforce there, you were you're basically helping build build out that workforce or get the workforce to that area. Is that right? That's For the right. Federal, on behalf of the federal government, I guess. Is that right? That's right. And so um, I was recruited at that point. I was in a master's program, um, the University of Notre Dame of Maryland, mm-hmm. um, a strategic communications program. I'm sorry, could you just say the uh, university again? <laughs> Notre Dame of Maryland. Okay. And uh, the strategic communications program allowed us to really understand and focus more on culture. Uh, and when I say culture, and I always like to ex- express this because people sometimes think of culture and they think of like sombreros and, you know, ponchos and, th- and they envision, but culture just within the organization. So uh, we specialize in understanding the culture uh, of an organization. And um, I really, that was my favorite part of my studies. And so that's what I was recruited to do is to recruit uh, different cultures. And by that, 
how do you know how do you bring a scientist to a new place how yeah. do you bring an engineer sure. uh, how does how does their mind think and what because they are very different than recruiting maybe someone from business or someone from finances or someone who's coming as an extrovert to work in hr or, yeah. or recruitment and then um and then after a couple of changes in my personal life i decided to come back to goldsboro because i wanted to be close to where i felt uh, it was just a, a smaller area where i could raise my children. And, um, and that's when I got my job at Wayne community college, which is where like, I've kind of connected with everybody since I was so, so honored to teach communication studies there. And now I'm working for Wayne County for the Wayne County public schools, the Wayne County public schools. And so are you a teacher? No, I'm not a teacher. I have the privilege of working, um, for two amazing people, Ken Dirksen and Dr. Artis, they, uh, the position is called, it's, the title is kind of long. It's Family Engagement and Communications Coordinator. That's a long title. But basically is a person who is looking, how, looking into how to engage and make all families feel welcome so that all families in Wayne County feel like they belong in our schools and in our community. Um, and we're doing it through a cultural lens as well, because as you know, things are changing. The landscape is changing. So we're putting a little more emphasis on on looking at this through culture as well. So you and you, when we have talked before, you know, I've heard you use the uh, CQ. Yes. What is CQ? <laughs> so most people think um, what IQ <laughs> yes. and EQ. And EQ for so IQ is intelligent, uh, like I guess intelligence, intelligence. <laughs> well, if any of my students are means. listening, they're going to be so happy that you just said that. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then there's emotional intelligence, which is EQ, and then now CQ, which right. I've not heard until you. Okay. So well, tell that us makes what me CQ feel very is. happy, and and my students are going to feel very happy too about this because I spent a lot of a lot of my time in the classroom, or I spent a lot of time in my classroom explaining that a true leader in today's world needs to understand not only how to manage their organization, but how to understand the, that the world today is a global uh, world, right? We're not just working in Wayne County and our products stay in Wayne, Wayne County. Right. We are making products and the people who are making the products with us here in Wayne County might be from another country. Right. Um, and then these products are heading to other countries as well. So if we start understanding as leaders that our world is changing and understanding the, that, that now we're a global uh, world, we are able to um, sort of enhance our skin, our skin, our skills as leaders in cultural competencies, understanding more what other people, how the, how the rest of the world sees us. And when we can understand how other cultures other than ours see us, we can expand our businesses, we can expand our education, uh, and we can um, facilitate the dialogue between our children here and, and, and others around the world, which just adds to the, to the idea of having a unified a unified message of peace. So really, um, I'm honored that I got to teach that at Wayne, but I'm also honored that now I get to to share that to principals and assistant principals and teachers right. and, and sort of explain to them how other people think. And once you're empowered with that information, how you deliver, whether it's a business or in this case, the, a class, it changes everything. Well, isn't that the point of education? I mean, I think the point of education is learning, right? That is. It's growth. It's figuring out, you know, um, it's being, it's being exposed to things that I didn't know before. And so it's discovery over and over. So I would think that that's an, all of what you just said so beautifully is is sort of 
discovering the the uh, way other people think, the way other people move, the way they operate, the way they have lunch, the way they choose their meals, <laughs> exactly. the way they... The, the way they, how they sit and why they yeah. sit closer or farther sure. and why they, you know, I came to the office and hugged. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and that all really matters. Uh, for the longest time, the curriculum has been based and how uh, the curriculum here has been set. Right. But the reality is that not just here in Wayne County, I, I often tell my teachers, it used to be that you had students that were born and raised in Wayne County, right? And But now you have students from everywhere. Just in one classroom, you might have students from Haiti right. and China yeah. and Yemen and Guatemala. Yeah. So uh, it is important to learn that the curriculum is there, but how they think about it might be different. So how do we, how do we teach in a, in a way that makes everybody feel welcome? Because even when we don't know, sometimes we are saying things that make people not feel welcome if we don't understand the culture. Sport Darst Volkswagen Mazda of Goldsboro is proud to support Wayne County Chamber of Commerce. Family owned and operated, Sport Darst knows the importance of keeping local money local and supporting the community. We put our customers first with the area's best pricing, best trade-in value, and best selection of new and pre-owned vehicles. Come experience the Sport Darst difference, where customers and community come first. Right, and at the end of the day, I mean, the baseline is these, I mean, these kids, you know, whoever these kids are, they're our kids. I mean, if they're in Wayne County, they're our kids, right? That's so right. Doesn't, they're the future. It doesn't matter who, where they come from. If they're in these borders, they're ours. And so we need them to be... Uh, as strong as they can be. And we need teachers to be equipped to be as strong as they can be. So I just, I think what a great move by Wayne County Public Schools to sort of, you know, make this step and and take this effort to try to say, hey, if we're going to advance our workforce, and we're going to get into this in a second, but if we're going to really move our workforce forward or really improve our skill-based kind of economy, then, you know, that seems like a real strategic move that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I, I'm so grateful uh, that Wayne County has created this position because we, need, we needed something like this. And, you know, a long time ago, I was part of Wayne County leadership and I met Dr. Artis then. And I remember making a wish, really, that one day I would be able to in some way influence our school systems like she does, uh, but bringing, a, bringing the aspect of culture and so during my time at Wayne Community College, I was also able to get more understanding about this concepts through worldview. And I was fortunate enough to be picked by Latinx Ed as one of the fellows. All right, uh, now for- hold on right there, because <laughs> you said Latinx. Mm. You say Latinx, and my brain uh, goes sideways because... Some people say Latino, some people say Latina, some people say Latinx, some people say Latin this, Latin that. Could you just define for yes. the for us and for me, I'm an idiot. So consider no, me no, a lot of consider me know. the target audience and maybe our viewers or our people will understand this too. What are the differences? Okay. So Hispanic with the H I S P, right, comes from Spain. So you could call me Hispanic. You could say my friend Andrea is Hispanic. Uh, We know, I I know my background. I know where my dad's whole family came from, from beginning to end. Uh, But many Latinos in the United States do not have direct ties to Spain, right? So um, the the term Latino or Latina came about to sort of cover everyone. Okay. 
However, um, Latinos and Latinas um, were still, they still had an O and an A at the end, which is very attached to the Castilian language. Castilian is the Spanish that I speak. But the majority of Latinos that you have in this area do not speak Castilian. And a lot of the that a lot of people who live in areas such as Goldsboro that don't speak Spanish and they speak their own Mayan languages, for example, they don't have gender. It's gender neutral. It's gender neutral language. Yeah. So as education evolved uh, in higher education, they wanted to honor them too, and that's where the X came from. So the X just brings everybody together under this term. And so it's, it's a controversy. There are Latinos that feel strongly that we should be Latino and Latina because that attaches to our language, our Castilian language. But what about our friends who speak mom, who are many of the people who live here in Goldsboro, for example? Um, they have learned Spanish or they know it as part of what they had to learn a little bit or they're learning it at, let's say, their workplace because a lot of Latinos work with them. But that's not their native language. So are Caribbean uh, countries like Haiti, is that considered Latinx? No. no because I know that they're, they sort of have a French, like Creole right. French Creole. is mm-hmm. their, you know, they're. Uh, and, and that's a perfect example of um, people think it's French, but really the Creole is significantly different. Right. Uh, so I tried with my, with the French that I do remember uh, to, to understand conversations of our friends from Haiti. And it was incredibly different. Yeah. So, and, that's and that's one of the reasons why we, we have enhanced the, uh, you know, bringing interpreters to our system because it is important to translate the right way. Not because I speak Castilian Spanish. Does it mean that the audience here is going to understand me? Yeah. But I, I guess, and uh, well, thank you. First of all, thank you for explaining that. That was a beautiful explanation. And now I feel way more informed. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, in many ways, I sort of have looked at you and, and I think in some ways maybe, um, I don't want to say wrongly, but certainly incompletely in the sense that, you know, I would consider you like maybe in Wayne County, maybe the Latino leader, Latina, Latinx. Latina, uh, you can say Latina. Whatever, I'll get it right somewhere. <laughs> you can say Latina with me. Yeah, Castile, <laughs> Castile language. Anyway, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that on somebody later on too. I'm going to be like, hey, listen, you know where this comes you know where from? This comes I'm going to say it so wrong. But, but I've sort of looked at you in that way, like as a leader in that space and in, in that frame. And, and that's not wrong. But I just sort of look at your arc and I look at your history and I look at your future and I think, gosh, you're way more than that, right? I mean, the impact that you've had in different aspects of Wayne County life um, from your contributions, um, you're not, you know, you're not a Latina leader, you're a leader. Well, I appreciate that very much. For example, the Arts Council, that's a good example. Um, being able to serve in the Arts Council and become president of the Arts Council. My main goal wasn't necessarily to bring Latin art. My main goal was to bring the youth to the arts. Yeah, or just art, you know, just to... Right? Yes, because the, I, I think my passion is advocating for youth yeah. in, in different spaces and for different reasons. And art truly helps with emotional intelligence, right? So being able to bring them to the Arts Council and invite them into this new space that they didn't know existed or maybe you were aware, but didn't quite sure. Many of my students said they really had never even heard of the Arts Council before because of their and age. And how group. about that location that the Arts Council How about that? Yes. Shout out to yes. Wayne County Arts Council. Yes. So it's, uh, so 
everything I have done, including now with United Way and anything outside of of my job, the idea is supporting advocacy of the youth. Yeah. So I appreciate that because I think people mean well. They yeah. mean well, but they tend to put people in a box. So right. she's Ecuadorian, therefore Latino issues only. But uh, although I'm very passionate about helping Latinos, I'm also very passionate about helping all children. So I'm, I'm always, I appreciate when people understand that it's an, a message of all, not just one group. Yeah, and I think what what I see too, which is so impressive, and I think most people who know, would know, who know you would know this, would recognize this, your ability to engage people just period is such a crucial gift and a tool that I think transcends. I think that's part of why this conversation today is so important is, is if people are paying attention, then it doesn't matter where you're from. Like if you care about people and you care about things, like it just transcends. You can, uh, you know, I, we were talking to some folks yesterday and this animosity that people seem to have or these, everything is about differences. Everything, everybody's different, 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 different. Well, yeah, there are some differences, but there's a lot more that's the same. There's a lot more that's the same. Right. And if we all understood the culture of solution instead of the culture of argument. Yeah. And it's hard. People don't even know that they're part of a culture of argument. Yeah. So they continue the you versus me. And they really truly do believe that they're all about fairness or, mm -hmm. but if they have been raised in a culture of me versus you and they're different and we're different, it's hard to tell like, oh, I'm part of the culture that creates more argument. Right. So uh, the beautiful thing about education is teaching children, in this case, teachers and principals, what does the culture of solution look like? And um, about engagement, I did want to tell you there's a, there's a speaker, uh, Julian Treasure is his name, and he, uh, he teaches this concept called HAIL, H-A-I-L. And what he says is if you want to be a great speaker, you must talk, you must talk with honesty, authenticity, integrity, and love. Mm. And I think uh, I'm such a big fan of Julian Treasure's work. And I think that's why, because it, in order to be able to engage, you do need to be present in that moment. And, and I'm fortunate to have been raised in a country that allows us to understand the importance of being present. But I'm also fortunate to have studied an art of communications that, that allows us to listen to, to understand rather than listen to be ready to respond to what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And I think that's something that hasn't been taught here as much, how to listen to, to just listen and understand. Well, but I think, and I would guess that companies could probably also reach out to you, right? If they need a little help, yes, you know, absolutely. with cultural, um, you know, consultation, I could see, I could see companies benefiting because particularly our larger um, industries, they, you know, they, they employ a diverse workforce. I mean, Wayne County is, whether people realize this or not, is a very diverse workforce. Absolutely. And, um, but I could see you being very beneficial in that space too, right? You, yes. You, I mean, I've had the the honor to do this for Mission Foods, mm -hmm. uh, for our city government leaders, for the police department. Yeah. Um, and I do hope I continue to be called to do this type of uh, conversations, really, because it's not teaching. It's just inviting people to see how and yeah. why listening to understand is important. Um, I am amazed to, to how the culture in this area listens to respond it's such a fast response. I mean, and so being able to listen and quietly 
understand what the other person is saying, especially if they're from another culture. And by that, I mean, they could really be just from like the North. Sure. Uh, well, you know, because like, the South is its own. <laughs> yes. Listen, now, I'm going to be honest own. with you. There's some things that we do down here and yes. that's how we roll, but. So that, um, that really, uh, and then staying authentic is important. Um, I think a lot about that. I, when I wear my bracelets from Ecuador or my jewelry that my dad got me, or, um, I don't have to be like everybody else to, to, to fit in. And I think that authenticity, standing in your own truth and remembering your roots, but also knowing where you're planted and growing where you're planted. That's very important. I think those are keys to engagement. It's a feeling. Well, and right. I mean, everybody should be in, in the United States of America. Everybody should be free to be whoever they are. I mean, and, and we, you know, I, I, I always hear people try to get everybody to believe and act just the way they believe and act. I mean, I think the beauty of freedom, and I've always sort of had this feeling that you're the only you the world's got. Yes. Right. I mean, if, if that you goes away, that's, that's the most that's, interesting part. Yes. So wherever you came from, whatever your story was, whatever, whoever the real you is, mm-hmm. you talked about having credibility as a speaker. I think it's, you have to use your voice. It can't be right. everybody else's voice you've heard. I think that's why you spent a lot of time when I, when I taught at Wayne, I, we spent a lot of time understanding who are you, what are your values? And it's amazing, Scott, you wouldn't believe how many students didn't know who, like what their values were. When I asked them what their culture was, if they were from here, they would look at me like, what do you mean? What, like, and I was like, what is your culture? How, what are your beliefs? What are, what is your routine? What does your family share? And they would look at me and it was the hardest question they, they would, they had ever been asked. Um, And I, and I would tell them until we figure out your culture and your core and who you are and what your roots look like and where you're planted, then you can't really speak with authenticity. So a lot of people spend a lot of time teaching people to, to project. And, but really I think the most engaging speakers are those who are able to connect. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Well, let's talk about your job a little bit more because I think that that um, really is going to be impactful to the future Wayne County economy, right? Yes. Um, and and part of the reason for that uh, is um, the there's a there's a multiple efforts throughout the county related to uh, the Latino workforce. So it's called um, folks that I'm familiar with. It's the Latino Workforce Pipeline Initiative, mm-hmm. and it's the key sponsor of that. I think is the community college, mm-hmm. and but there's a lot of partners involved. Absolutely. And the goal is to try to make sure that that's built out as strongly as possible and as beneficially as possible for all parties. Um, now, uh, one of the challenges that we see, or that that one of the most eye-opening things that I I've read or saw or, or understood, is the data related to um, uh, Latino males. The most underperforming in relation to the, to the graduation statistic. Uh, they're not finishing. And in many cases, I don't want to presume I'll let you speak to this, but they, they are just stepping out to go right into work, right? To support whatever situation they're in. But if they were just to stick around two or three more years, I mean, they'd end up with a high school diploma. They could end up with an associate's degree. They could end up with an apprenticeship. I mean, they could come out making, you know, $65,000 a year, which would be significantly, significantly more beneficial to them and their families. 
why, where's the disconnect there? Can you help me understand like why that is such a challenge or where that, you know? Absolutely. So first of all, all of that is true. But I think connecting it to my job, so it's key that that part of my title that says family engagement is understood. See, we we really cannot influence those students unless we influence their family. So we were talking about, you know, differences between two countries. We do things collaborative. We do them as a family. We don't do them for ourselves. And who's we? So Latina families. Okay, I see. For example, just today, me being here, I made sure I texted my mom and dad and said, you will be sitting with me. You can't physically be there, but you'll be sitting right next to me. I'm not here by myself. I've got my mom and my dad by my side. I've got my grandparents right here where I can see them. I'm wearing my grandmother's ring. Like everything that we do is collaborative. So if you are trying to, so so much of what the world looks like here is individualistic, right? Like, like you go to college or your plan, your, and that doesn't speak to us. It doesn't. So my job, I've got this great privilege now, this great privilege now to be able to engage families so that they can listen to the message of why we need to hold on a little longer. Um, Contrary to the belief, many of the children in our community are documented. Many people believe they are not, but they were born here. They're documented. They're able to go to school. But you're right. By not engaging the families and not showing them people that look like them or not having people that care for them, it's easy to disengage them as an audience. And because they're going to sit there like, why, right? So it's easier for them to go and work in what their mom and dad are, or what their dads are doing. So wherever they might be working, they might be earning more money per hour that whatever they could make at that time. So that is why that family engagement part of the of the job is so crucial. And if I execute it correctly, hopefully we'll, as a team with others in the community, including sure. yourself, sure. Um, we'll be able to make a big difference in how Latinos um, welcome the concept of uh, certificates or degrees. And we do have, an, you know, as you know, we've got an awesome leader at the community college who is really well, looking isn't at she this. great she's great i mean she, she, she knows this stuff i mean dr yeah. pryfer she is a she is a gift yes uh, she's wonderful so i mean the interesting thing to me like from an economic standpoint is that it's it seems like it's one of the because there's such a a, a latino demographic in wayne county and there's a lot of latino kids or latinx kids they um it seems like it's the it's an opportunity like it's a huge opportunity that if if capitalized on, you could you could you don't have to go looking around to figure out how you can improve your skilled labor. You can you can do it very very quickly with the kids and families you already have in the county, and you know and I know that the school obviously is trying to do that. So I'm just curious what we as a community could do to help you know encourage and support growth in that skilled, particularly for the trades. You know, so we've got all these trade companies and there are all these industries who need workforce. They need the skilled labor. Yes. I feel like we have some people who have the talent to do that and have the, the initiative to do that. Um, and that's across the board. That's, that's not just Latinos, but just how do we engage more of those, more of our kids and more of our families to see the value of, you know, just to come on, just to 
Well, first of all, Scott, I'm I'm complimenting you not because I'm in your office. I'm mm-hmm. complimenting you sincerely because the fact that you understand that value um, and speaking to other Latinx leaders across the state, if the Chamber of Commerce doesn't understand that concept, we hurt. Uh, because it is it, it is critical to understand that if we do it correctly, it will be a gain for the community. Right. Um, it's very hard to visualize what the year 2040 is going to look like. But but your job is to visualize that, is to visualize how the community changes and how the businesses change. And not every uh, chamber is able to do that. So thank you for considering this. And, 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 and again, sort of like we were talking about public schools and Dr. Pfeiffer, these, you as a leader yourself being, I, I know that we are moving in the right direction when everybody's view is aligning as to as to where we need to head. Uh, and I think we're very lucky to have that. Not every county can say that about their chamber or the president of their community college or the people that they work for at central office. Uh, but to answer to your question about what we can do or what you can do or others can do, at, um, at a smaller scale, I think uh, it's, it's critical to understand that the volunteer part of this is crucial. And if we could have one hour or two hours a week to interact with a classroom or a teacher or uh, let's say the migrant classroom specifically, um, and just give that time so the students can see people in different fields and and just showing them that one-on-one interaction, uh, that's life-changing. And just support, right? Uh, and, and I think that's every kid. I mean, I you know, it, when we were able to talk to principals just a few weeks ago and you know, we listened to a lot of concerns that they had brought up, but the number one concern they had was not more money. It was not more stuff. It was not more this. It was, we need people. You know, like if people, you know, could just give a, a little bit of their time to come in and say, you know, high five kids, eat lunch with a kid, you know, kind of just show support, tangible support. It was, and and what the principals communicated to us was that, it doesn't just benefit the kids. It benefits the teachers who are trying to help those kids because the teachers are so, you know, exhausted. And so it's like, well, there are certain things that we as a community can't do. But as you just pointed out, there are certain things we can. And it's something so small. Right. Uh, I think sometimes people hear volunteer and they're just like, oh, my. but really, what if you didn't think about it as volunteering? What did you, what if you thought about it as you were going to validate someone's humanity? Yeah. What if you thought about it as in that hour, you're going to validate someone's worth. Mm -hmm. You are going to change their story. And Mm -hmm. it sounds big, but it's the truth. Well, or or I, you know, I I like to say it like this. Look, imagine that you moved your family from Wayne County to Wake County, even. And so your kids are at this new school, they're at this new place, this new rhythm, this news cycle, you know, wouldn't you want people to care about what care. happens to your kid? Care and I think to bit. me, just that simple translation, that is universal. That is not, that is not reserved for certain kinds of people or certain types of people or certain ethnicities of people. It is a, it is a human from a parent's standpoint. I want my kids to be cared for wherever they go. Right. And so I just think just that basic, value of saying, Hey, if I've got some time and I can contribute. And so if there's people who are listening today and they can contribute, then that's a great way for them to do it. 
And no matter what the kid's background is, anything you can do to encourage those kids to, to, to give them aspirations, to sort of give them vision for their life, to see that they can succeed. And they don't have to do it in another county. They can do it in this county. Absolutely. Right? I, I think that's, it's something so small, but it is so big. People think that to help, it has to, you know, it has to be all this money. And of course, it, it will be great. It would be great to have new items for the migrant classroom per se, if that's one of the, but really just having someone from the community sitting with the students, understanding their backgrounds. Why did this little girl come from Haiti? What's her story? So then that person can tell others about this family from Haiti and understand why they are here. There's, there's so many misconceptions. There's people truly assume that people are here because of something someone told them at some point or they saw on TV and that is not why people are here. Oh yeah. Or what they read on the internet. I mean, how much, how much stuff do you, how, how much dumb stuff have people believed just because it was on the internet? And, and, and the thing is that if, if you have that one-on-one time with Me someone. Me included. To, well, if you have that one-on-one time, one -on -one time with someone to ask them about their story, it changes everything because you understand why they are here. And it, it, it could blow your mind when you hear the responses. And then you realize, I, I really didn't know. But, but people, even leaders sometimes speak as if they know. But when have they actually talked to that child and understood where they came from and, the, and, and their story? So it is critical, I think, that more people listen to the stories of the children and the teens in our community. That's what made me so passionate about this journey is my whole background was communications and culture, but it wasn't until I taught in the classroom and I listened to stories from my students who were born and raised in Wayne County and listened to, to their background and listen to the stories of those who just came to Wayne County and those who are documented, those who are not, and those who have parents who have always been here. Those stories, uh, they, they, they impacted me and helped me see youth in a completely different light, youth as a whole in a different light. And I became an advocate. I didn't say I'm going to be an advocate. You know, right. like it just, it happened. And I think that's why that is crucial is, is it, if you can just go a couple of hours and, if, and I encourage our community leaders to go for a couple of hours and sit with a child and validate their humanity. I, I often talk about how impactful that was for me. Uh, I was only in my early 20s when I worked for the Partnership for Children and I met people who are now great community community leaders, but even then they were like Sherry Archibald and oh, Donna wow. Phillips. Oh my goodness. And Jeff Holes. Oh. Uh, Don McGoon was my boss. Wow. Um, Those are all just... Phenomenal people yeah. to, to learn from. And I watched them because if you're not from here and you don't have anyone that looks like you, you sort of gravitate to those who listen to you and validate you and ask you how you are doing. Because a lot of people, if you look different still to this day, they don't talk to you. So they did, and I was able to, and just that alone validated me and helped me understand. It and it raised your floor. In other and words, like floor. your 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 ability to become whoever you were going to be got higher. Exactly. You know, your potential got higher simply because of what you just said, because somebody listened and bought in. And I think if the same thing occurs for kids, right, the kids you work with, the families you work with, um, it's the same principle. You know, if... And, and it's not just, okay, yes, it is for that kid and for their family. But anytime you raise the capacity and the potential and the aspirations of those kids, you are doing so for your community. In other words, your, the floor for your community gets raised, not just the floor for that kid and that family. It's not either or. 
It's not I'm taking away from my opportunity and my family to try to raise the opportunity for you and your family, right? I mean, that is just perfect. Yeah, it's shared. I mean, this is it's our home and we share it and anything we do to build it is a net win for everybody. That is so beautiful that you just said that. And I don't think I could have said it better, but that's really the ultimate truth about this whole thing is yeah. if we, if we as a community unify that unified team feeling that we're all trying to, to nourish and nurture in Wayne County, we win. That's right. We win as a community. Our businesses win. If we don't. We lose. We lose. Yeah. Well, Gosh, what a great conversation. That is, I, I mean, I honestly, know. I could have Love this conversation it. all day long because there's so many parts that are interesting. And um, and it's so it's so rare to be able to have an opportunity to hear from somebody who has, you know, really personal knowledge and and just love what you're doing in the school and love what you're doing in the community. And so as on behalf of Wayne County, we're thankful for you. Um, so I want to finish with a question we'd like to ask everybody. So what motivates you now? Like at this stage of your life, you've accomplished a lot. You've come a long ways. Now people kind of know who you are. They respect you. But what, what is the thing that, man, wakes you up in the morning and you're like, ah. <laughs> um, my students, my former students are watching me. Yeah. If I do this right, then the students that learn from me will say, I can do that too. And, and so it is important that, that I show them that they can be bigger and better by acting the message of, of unity and culture of solution every single day. And, and in a culture that is not necessarily one of, of solution often, it is a challenge. <laughs> but that is the first thought in my mind is I think of Jack and Bella, my children, they are watching me. It's, it's what I do. They are watching, but also all my former students who are watching me. And, and so I want to ensure that they have, they have an example that if they didn't have someone in their family, if they didn't have a friend who they could be like, I want to be just like them. They could say, you know what, if Miss Fraley could do it, and she's four foot 11 uh. and she's got an accent, <laughs> you know, and she did it, then I can do it too. So I think that's my biggest motivator every day. So, um, so that, that makes me want to get up every morning. Well, it has been such a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you, Scott, for having me. Thank you Thank for you joining all. us. Yeah. All Thank right. you so See much. You.